there, Millennium Alliance members, partners, listeners. Thank you so much for joining another episode of the Millennium Live Partnership Podcast Series. I'm your host, Connor Tui, and I've got a, a great episode specifically for our cybersecurity members and CISOs out there that are going to learn how to expedite incident response in the cloud and gain forensic-level detail without forensic-level effort. Joining the podcast today, we have James Campbell. He is the CEO and co-founder of Cato Security with over 15 years of experience helping global organizations tackle sophisticated cyber espionage and criminal campaigns. James has a deep passion for cyber incident response and forensics and cyber crisis a great career. I mean, prior to founding Cato Security, he served as a director at PwC and building the Cyber Incident Response Service. And his background also includes a career in intelligence. He was leading the Australia's National Incident Response Capability as the Assistant Director of Operations at the Australian Signals Directorate. He's spoken at various conferences, including Black Hat, CloudSec, and many more. So uh, I want to welcome him to the podcast today. James, welcome to Millennium Live. It's it's great to have someone like you and your expertise here today. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, Connor, for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So I I mean you you have a great a great background and which is where I want to start. What drove you to find the company? Yeah, absolutely. So now as you mentioned, my career is is kind of mostly been in cyber response. You know, I started out in the intelligence realm. Um, I think a lot of people in in my position do uh, in the industry, and uh, you know, and that was really fascinating, kind of dealing with you know mostly nation state uh, activities or at least activities that were uh, you know against the national interest uh, and the allies' nat- national interest. And so, you know, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that, and the mission was amazing. You know, an awesome part of my career. And as part of that, I actually managed to come over to the UK and do a short stint over here to help them with the London Olympic Games uh, and the security of that. So, you know, that was really rewarding. And I made a lot of contacts there. And that's, you know, kind of how I ended up in the UK. So I live in the UK now, in London, um, a little bit less sin- sunnier than Sydney, which is where I'm originally from, but I, I certainly go back for my yearly dose of sun. And you know, one of the things off the back of the London Olympics is, uh, you know, made a, a lot of good connections over here. There was lots going on in the in the cyber industry and certainly for, you know, the different kind of threat actor activity happening all across Europe. You know, it was hugely fascinating to me. And so I came over to build the cyber response service for PwC UK and primarily focused on helping customers all across, um, you know, EMEA uh, with major cyber intrusions. So a couple of examples, which are public, I can't say the non-public ones, obviously, but, you know, a couple of good ones were, so Operation Cloud Hopper, so it was my team that un- unveiled that one. Uh, and that was quite huge. So that was kind of hundreds, if not thousands of organizations compromised through the, uh, the compromise of many service providers. And then the other uh, kind of big one, at least, which took I felt like a few years off my life. I'm not sure it didn't go for that long. <laughs> but uh, the other one was uh, not Petya. So it was a 2017 Russian-based um, apparent ransomware campaign, you know, revealed to be uh, more on the espionage side and disruption campaign from Russia. Um, and that was interesting. So I worked with a big global law firm. You know, they were awesome, but they definitely went through a tricky time where if you can just picture just for one second, Connor, like, Imagine having like a global company and literally within 30 minutes, every single PC in your company is wiped. 
like every single one globally like what do you do next like it's it's pretty extreme situation and it's that kind of one percent no one thinks to plan for uh because you just think it's that's the nuclear option it's never going to happen but it did uh and certainly it's it's becoming a little bit more prevalent as you know ransomware hackers in particular become a bit more you know a bit smarter in in how they're doing things to solicit payment and so you know kind of leading on to that a couple of things I realized one was you know a lot of customers were moving and shifting data to the cloud or were really relying on cloud for their their operational side of the business uh, or even just storing IP as well and so a lot of the attackers started moving to cloud as well you know with that whilst at, at PwC you know we started seeing customers having issues in in cloud environments now and the one thing I don't think a lot of people prepared for, you know, particularly like kind of five, six years ago, as people started heavily getting on the cloud bandwagon was that cloud is different. You know, if you're trying to investigate and respond to an incident in the cloud, it's very different to doing it to the physical world, the on-premise world. And and so it was a bit of a grind and kind of that's where, you know, the the idea for Cato Security kind of came from. You know, the whole idea was myself and my co-founder, we said, hey, why is it a grind to investigate assets in the cloud like why is this hard um you know and why do i need to learn 100 new technologies to do it as well like no one has those sorts of skill sets at hand and they're a dime a dozen so you know so we're like a lot of this should be automated cloud itself should be solving the problem and this is where you know the cater response platform and cater security uh, was born from that's a perfect segue so we're going to be talking about cloud security of course and, uh, you know, as, as far as our, our guest goes, the mission of Cato is really to empower security teams uh, to do Absolutely. smarter and faster work and, and respond to these cloud incidents much easier and faster. So you have a couple of great examples already that you shared, but um, in terms of real world cloud incidents that you've worked on, could you share uh, maybe one or two of uh, examples with us and, and perhaps some of the key challenges that you faced? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll share two quick ones. So one one is around the complexity of just, you know, doing an investigation and, and how long that takes and why we need to speed it up. Uh, we kind of need to change the industry and kind of democratize it um, a little bit and, and enable people. And the other is about, um, you know, we run some of our own infrastructure and, and look at how hackers are, are exploiting customers. And so you know, which is hugely important to educate them on on what to protect themselves against. And so in the first instance, you know, there was an incident once where, you know, a customer had to go and and basically collect the data for 80 different systems, kind of forensic data for 80 different systems. And and you know, doing this the kind of you know the old way or a very manual way of doing things, which to be honest, a lot of people in the cloud use it very manually, which is you know, certainly the way um, you're going to end up spending a lot more money and a lot more time. You know, when we had to go and collect these 80 systems, this was during an APT attack, right? Yeah, you know, it took a month to collect the data, a month. You know, this is a month where you got someone running around in your systems doing their thing. And this is before we even started analyzing. And it's like, why, why should that take a month? And, you know, the reason for that is just because it is complex trying to find the data, trying to work out who owns it, how to get access, and then work out, right, what sort of technology is it so what sort of system is it um you know is it just a virtual machine is it a container uh is it a lambda function who knows that adds to the complexity as well and then you've got to work out how to capture that data and then bring it into something that's meaningful to you that's pretty significant and the cost of doing that over a month period is, is huge it's absolutely huge and so you know this is where a lot of that automation um happens and so that's quite interesting 
the other one you know we've seen attackers exploiting is is things like ephemeral infrastructure so so it's not familiar that's like microservices running in uh, what's a technology called containers or kubernetes you'll hear kind of variations of different terminology for cloud platforms and these microservices are only designed to last for a very short period of time. And so you'll have attackers that we see, and we, we see this on a regular basis, right? Like on a hugely regular basis, daily basis. Um, you know, we see attackers taking advantage of misconfigured or vulnerable microservices, so containers in this case, and then exploiting those. And then, you know what, 15 minutes later, the container's gone. And so like the evidence is gone. The evidence that, of what they accessed, what they took, and what they did with it is gone. And this is a huge problem that cloud is, cloud is bringing as well and certainly a few more examples but i'll i'll uh i'll save them for a little bit later maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah we would love to hear them and um speaking of the you know the migration to the cloud and you know now it's happening pretty much at a very rapid pace you know what does that mean what does this shift quick shift to the cloud mean for security teams you know one, once they've detected an incident in the cloud what generally happens yeah, so, you know, this is where, you know, the shift in, in mindset or the education, I should say, between what's the difference between on-premise and the cloud? I had a an awesome customer kind of really sum it up one day. They're like, look, James, I've been dealing 20 years pulling hard drives out. I know how to go get a hard drive and just pull it out. Like, that's easy. I know how to get my firewall logs. But, you know, how do I how do I deal with such a dynamic environment like cloud? You know, it brings numerous technologies, ephemeral infrastructure, as I said, so short-lived services, short-lived infrastructure. How do I investigate a container? Like, you know, just the one I mentioned, if someone compromises that, how do I even do that? Last 15 minutes, you know, by the time I come back from lunch, like it's gone. The cloud is amazing. Like, so some of the pro side of the cloud is you can leverage so many, like so many great technologies that can really help you accelerate your operations, your business, looking at data, you know, it's such a great thing. And, you know, although if you move your data center to the cloud, just lift and shift, you're going to end up spending more money than you were in data center. So you, what you need to do is embrace these ephemeral technologies. You need to embrace things like auto scaling groups and stuff like that. You need to embrace this, but this is where people come a bit stuck because you know like that customer said it's like hey it lasts 15 minutes by the time it's something gets detected and we get around to getting to it to to you know even just determine if it's a false positive the data's gone and so you need to embrace cloud but understand the risk it brings as well when you're using auto scaling groups and and ephemeral infrastructure and certainly the attackers take advantage of that we see that quite a lot yeah i kind of want to build on that a little bit you mentioned it perfectly that the nature of the cloud is really dynamic, which is why I think so many businesses are benefiting from it. But uh, could, you know, I know you've, you, you sort of mentioned uh, some pros and cons, you know, pros being, you know, that scalability, that access, that enhanced security. And while there's some disadvantages, of course, you know, being difficult to migrate time. Yep. So could you build on some of the uh, why if a business is just in the initial stages of moving to the cloud, what are the pros and cons? Definitely, you know, feeding back onto the pros, you know, you can save money if you use the cloud correctly, use the house design to do. Um, if you do lift that shift, then you're probably going to have a bad time. <laughs> the, you know, um, also cloud gives you access to technologies, which you can literally spin up at a click of a button. Uh, it's amazing. Like, you know, kind of world-class computing, even like high performance computing, which you used to have to go buy a big bulky hardware for and, you know, invest a lot of money up front. You know, you can dabble in new technologies. Like you don't even have to commit long term. You can just dabble in it, test it out, see if it, you know, if it suits your business. And I think that's super powerful and it's very easy and quickly to do. And um, I guess some of you know, again, 
you know, the pro and con to everything, I guess, and where the ease um, of spinning up new technologies and playing with new technologies, you know, comes other challenges like, you know, you'll have situations where say developers or, you know, the technical staff might go and spin up a whole bunch of random systems that, you know, aren't protected adequately or, you know, haven't got any monitoring on them. And so you, that's kind of like that, you know, coining the term that shadow IT problem where you've got a whole bunch of kind of rogue resources going crazy and you don't know if it has sensitive data on there or not. And so, you know, these sorts of things can cause risks as well and you need to kind of keep those in check. So I think people should absolutely embrace the cloud as plenty of benefits, um, more than cons, but, you know, you do have to do it with your eyes open and and understand why it's different and, and what sort of new risks does it bring to the table. It, it operates very differently. I do want to talk about some top trends. I, I want to also get into Cato itself and some of the great solutions in terms of cloud-based environments. There's a lot of buzzwords that we I usually talk about on these podcasts, like zero trust and integration. <laughs> so uh, what, what are some top trends that your team is seeing today in cloud-based environments, James? Uh, you know, funny enough, as long as like a lot of people talk about it, but we we do see a lot of threat actors taking advantage of misconfiguration of assets in cloud, particularly, you know, so this is kind of leaving a service open or, you know, accidentally making something public. There's quite a lot of that going on. And you know what? It's not getting any better. It seems to be getting worse. And I don't know if that's just because the adoption of cloud is outstripping how people are protecting themselves, but certainly there's a, a bit of education that needs to go on there. Um, and attackers are taking advantage of this. I guess one thing to, you know, from a trend perspective, we see this is probably more on the advanced level, but it's going to become more prevalent is people need to understand cloud operates at different layers. So you have effectively what you call your runtime layer. Um, and then you have your control plane or the, you know, the, the, the management of the, the cloud as an entirety, as an organization. Now, if you, if you want to kind of really kind of bring it down a little bit to, to spell it out, you know, think of like a data center, you've got like software running on the system, that's your runtime environment. And then think of the actual physical data center, that's now your cloud management kind of layer. So someone having access to that is the equivalent of them having access to your data center. And so one of the trends we're seeing is a lot of hackers are actually kind of compromising cloud resources, and then they're using that to facilitate what we call kind of breaking out. So breaking out of that runtime layer and actually getting access to the kind of cloud management layer. So that's the equivalent of someone hacking a computer in your data center and then opening up all the doors and turning off the security cam cameras to the actual data center themselves and then just walking in and then just being able to pull whatever hard drive they want without anybody noticing. And so, you know, it's pretty significant. And a lot of that's going undetected because a lot of people are used to monitoring kind of that runtime environment of a, of a system or the network itself. Um, but that kind of cloud management layer is completely separate. And, you know, if someone's doing something malicious there and you haven't got something in place to kind of capture both levels, then you'll never see someone kind of breaking out and, and taking advantage of that. Um, and so that's definitely a trend that, you know, I'm seeing that is, uh, you know, the more sophisticated groups do it, but it's becoming a bit more prevalent. And then the other thing is, is that we're starting to see more advanced things. So more in that kind of APT espionage space. And I have to be honest, the only reason why we're seeing it is because we're only starting to look. It was already there. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's a difference between like cybersecurity incidents everywhere. And it's like, well, actually, they've already been everywhere. It's just we're starting to look more as well. So it's a little bit of both. There is more attacks, but also we're getting better at spotting them. And so cloud as well, we're very much kind of at the, the lower or medium maturity end of actually understanding cloud and how it works as an industry, like a technology industry in general. And, 
you know, how do we go and detect how people are abusing, you know, your resources and assets, you know, whether it would be for, you know, stealing IP or just abusing the resources themselves, like crypto mining and stuff, which we see very prevalent. So there's one um, hacker group as an example called Team TNT. They actually post how many systems in the cloud they've compromised at any one time. They actually post it live. They have a live stat um, of them running. I mean, last time I checked, there was over 20,000 um, systems. Our hunting potting infrastructure, I did a great thing at RSA conference where uh, we were just showing how often it gets hacked. And just for one service, one system running on cloud, on average, at the end of the conference, I think it got hacked like 150 odd times. So it was like every every 15 minutes it got hacked um, if wow. you averaged it out at the end. And so it just goes to show like, you know, there is a lot of people, you know, waiting for you to just slip up that little bit, uh, particularly with the cloud technology side, and then they'll take advantage of that to, to compromise your assets. That's so interesting. And there's more hackers and there's hacks are getting more sophisticated. You know, you need a, a good security uh, solution, specifically the cloud uh, security that we're talking about today. And I want to talk about how Cato can help solve these challenges. You know, what What have you seen, James, in the few short years or long years, depending on how you see it, <laughs> since starting Cato? What have you seen in, in how you guys solve problems over there and how the Cato platform has produced results for your customers? What we've been trying to, to do is basically automate the complexity out of cloud, but out of the box. So, you know, none of this implementation stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like it's kind of, I'll refer back to that customer I mentioned at the beginning because they were just so awesomely blunt. It was great. Um, they're like, look, James, like I just want System X. Like, you know, I have a detection or I need to investigate something suspicious. And I just want System X. I want it right in front of me. I want to just look at it and, you know, work out if this is something I should be worried about and get the right information. So I'm on the front foot within minutes, within moments. And to that point, it's like, I shouldn't need to work out you know, is system X a container running in AWS in root account number 562 in this, you know, in this data region in Sydney, Australia? Or is it a VM in Azure? Is it part of my Office 365 estate? Or, you know, is it a function running in Google, you know, in San Francisco, you know, under subscription 562? I just want system X, you know, as an analyst, I just need to look at that system. I need to look at it now and see what's going on. This is where Cato really comes in, kind of solve that problem. So out of the box, we say, right, you want System X? Here it is. You didn't need to worry about where it was, what sort of asset it was, what sort of technology it was. There's so many technologies in, in cloud. You know, you don't need to be a container expert or Kubernetes expert. You don't need to be an expert how Lambda works in AWS. We figure it out for you. We work out what System X is and the type of, you know, resource it is. And then we just show it to you in a way that you're used to in traditional investigations. In terms of businesses that are kind of moving into the cloud and, and shifting there kind of just now, what proactive steps should they take? And in terms of perhaps having Cato security come on, and there's a big difference between waiting 24 hours as opposed to seconds for incident yep. response. Yeah, so I think it's really about understanding, you know, what kind of data are you moving to the cloud? What sort of um, assets are you moving to the cloud? you know, it's, it's, it's not a like for like, you know, in a way, like, you know, you can kind of, you know, just deploy another virtual machine and it's a clone of the other one. But again, you're just lifting, shifting a data center, then you're not really consolidating, you're not really kind of saving money at the end of the day. And so, um, you know, so really encourage kind of people to kind of, um, you know, really understand the data that you're bringing across. Now, one of the things I do see, which is a bit of a gotcha, is that 
most people build security after they've moved everything across. And so, so a good example was, you know, this big, big global company, you know, that I was talking to and, you know, I was like, hey, like you guys are doing the cloud transition now. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Okay. So if you guys, you know, spot something weird during this transition, like, how do you, what do you guys do? Like what's next? And just didn't have an answer for that. And it's like, well, you know, probably should work that out first before you start transitioning the stuff, because I guarantee you, and particularly the high risk phase is actually doing that transition. It's very high risk because you're learning how cloud works. It's very, you know, possible someone's going to do a misconfiguration of something, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, you've you've got to think ahead and, and kind of build that security and from the start, work out how you're going to lock down your environment, work out how you're going to do detection, work out what you do once something's detected, how you investigate it. And, you know, make sure you're kind of ready to go from that perspective and bake it in from the get-go rather than trying to do it after the fact, which is, infinitely harder and then you know of course you know during that transition they had an issue goes without saying didn't really have a way to actually get on top of it and so you know they were on the back foot from the start you know so it's just something to think about when people are transitioning is is you know security needs to be at the forefront and then you bring everything across uh, so you're ready to go it'll also make your life a lot easier as well when it comes to things like implementation james this is fascinating and uh i i do have a final at least a final question for you and it's about Cato and you know cloud security being a really crowded space. I want to I want to know as I'm sure of our as our members do, what makes Cato security stand out? I mean, you have some really interesting technology. This automation makes it capable for <laughs> processes to be done effortlessly and within seconds instead of the time consuming nature of security. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we go in depth. With that kind of effortless approach, so we make cloud easy. We take the complexity of the cloud. We we almost take cloud out of the window. You know, we throw it out the window from a skill set perspective. So you can use your existing resources, enable them access to do investigations in the cloud, but without having to be a cloud expert. Again, it's all about them having access to system X and you know within moments, and they don't need to be a cloud expert. And so we're really kind of addressing that skills gap, and we're using automation and the power of the cloud to do that in the first place. That's a really big differentiator for us. Um, and when I say depth, so let me give you an example. So we had a customer once who, who is a really big one. I won't mention kind of the industry they're in because it was in the news and. You know, uh, but it was quite a significant organization that had a ransomware attack and it, was, and it had a bit of a global impact as well and a few things during a time of need. And, you know, they rolled out um, a consulting firm with EDRs platform and you know what that is perfectly okay like you kind of need to get a broad base visibility of what's going on and, and you should do that. Um, and, you know, but just give you an idea of the difference between going deep and going broad. In this case, because the EDR tool was kind of for that moment in time, they went, hey, Mr. Customer, you've been compromised for two weeks. Whereas we had basically one of the managed providers actually used Cato in this case for their customer and basically did a an analysis Cato to kind of validate on behalf of the customer. And they said, actually, you know what? You've actually been compromised for nine months and you've actually been re-ransomed where this is actually a follow-on from this from the first one, which wasn't cleaned up successfully. And they used reused the same exploit hole that was there before they didn't close the door. And basically the, what the hackers did, they just reselled the, resold the access to someone else. And then they re got re-ransomware. And if they 
kind of were able to clean up the first one, you know, properly in the first place, they wouldn't be re-ransomware in, in the second place. So, you know, but unfortunately, if, if Cato wasn't there in that case, and we didn't kind of do that deeper dive, you know, that kind of forensic kind of deeper dive view of the world, and you only relied on the detection solutions, then they wouldn't have cleaned up, they would have just rolled back two weeks, and they actually wouldn't have cleaned up the original compromise, and they probably would have got ransomware for the third time. And I don't know how many organizations can do three ransomwares in succession at the end of the day. Um, that's pretty heavy, heavy stuff. James, I mean, this has been a great conversation. It's interesting to learn more about incident response, like cloud speed from Cato Security, about you know you and your background. You obviously have quite the passion for, for cyber incident response. So absolutely, this idea of forensics and, and cyber crisis is going to be ever more relevant as we get into the future. And uh, our members, I'm sure, can appreciate that. And and for our members, thank you for, for listening to another great episode of the Millennium Live podcast. We have cybersecurity events going on, I feel like, twice a quarter. So we do have a transformational CISO assembly to finish off 2023 at the Omni in Charlotte. And of course, for all of our 2024 assemblies, visit mill-all.com slash assemblies for our full lineup. I want to thank James Campbell, CEO from Cato Security, for joining this podcast. And uh, James, I I hope you had fun and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me and see some of you at the conferences.